42 and 43. Psalm 42, verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. To the chief musician, Maskil, for the sons of Korah. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Psalm 43. Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man, for thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go unto the altar of God and unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down? O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. We come to a new book of the Psalter here in Psalm 43. and to, 42 and 3, excuse me. Um, we, we have a... Um, a song that is written here, notice it is for or to or by the sons of Korah. It is a maskil. Maskil means what? It means that it is a psalm of wisdom or instruction. It is uh, for the sons of Korah. We always want to remember the great forgiveness of God 
when we hear about the sons of Korah that they went on as Levites and played a very large part in the Davidic kingdom and following in the worship of the temple. That the Lord did not wipe them all out because of the sin of their father, but that many of them uh, maintained godliness and worshipped the Lord and were leaders in that worship. And so this is a wonderful reminder of God's forgiveness. And yeah, we say that every time we come up to the sons of Korah because we recognize our father sinned, right? We need forgiveness. So it's a humbling thing, yet it is an encouraging thing. So there are several passages of scripture, Numbers 26, 5 through 11, 1 Chronicles 12, 6, 1 Chronicles 9, 17 through 19, and 2 Chronicles 20, verse 19. Uh, these, were, these were men that were uh, involved, instrumental, uh, uh, vital to the worship of ancient Israel under King David and beyond, uh, the, uh, through the days of Jehoshaphat and beyond. Uh, this second book of the Psalter, compiled during the age of the kings after David, most likely, before the captivity. Uh, these first two books of the Psalter are arranged according to their date of writing and collection. So the first book is primarily Davidic. The second in the days of the kingdom, uh, perhaps during the reign of Hezekiah or Josiah. Uh, certainly uh, there were men that were, uh, that were spoken of as those singers and players. And then also those who, uh, who kept the records in those days. So... Uh, this is a psalm of the second phase of the, or this is a book of the second phase of the monarchy, if you will. So in this we have uh, the sons of Korah uh, as the authors of Psalms 42 through 49, Asaph of Psalm 50, David, uh, there's a Davidic cycle in 51 through 72 with two exceptions. 71 is an orphan psalm and Psalm 72 is written either by David for Solomon or by Solomon himself to close out book two of the Psalter. There seems to be in this book, as the kingdom of Messiah is more closely considered, first a focus on the covenant people and then a widening of that purview of this kingdom over the whole earth. And then we want also to remember that the Psalter is unlike any other book of the Bible. It is a unique book in that it was given to us as a book of theology a book of practice, a book of human emotion and expression, and as a manual of praise to the Lord. So it's different from every other book in that these are the praise songs of the Lord as he's given them to us. I was talking to a man on the telephone a couple of weeks ago, and I told him about singing the psalms, and he said, we don't sing through the shadows. Excuse me. He was pretty vehement uh, right out of the gate. Of course, I agree with him. We don't sing through the, through the shadows. We sing with understanding. And so we sing not only as the Old Testament saints did prospectively toward Christ. We sing with all of the New Testament revelation and quotations of the Psalter in the New Testament. And we use those to reflect back the light of the New Testament upon the Old Testament. And you know what happens when we do that? The shadows flee away. So... We're not impoverished by singing only the psalms. Actually, we are greatly enriched. Let's dive into the psalm then itself. So we have in the first section, I have that as verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 42. 
the time of the writing of this psalm is not enumerated in the text, but it does speak of a time when the psalmist was held in captivity, some kind of captivity, um, away from the worship of God while the temple still stood. Uh, so there's a division among Old Testament scholars as to when Psalm 42 and 3 were written. I believe that Psalm 42 and 3 go together, and that's why Psalm 43 does not have a title. And it's obvious from the, from the repetition of the phrase, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, and so on. So they obviously go together. Um, <clears throat> but they were written at a time when the psalmist finds himself away from the worship of God, held in captivity or some sort of restriction by captors who are all about mocking him and asking him, where is his God? Uh, what, what era might that have been of the Old Testament? It's very difficult to know. My, uh, my conjecture is that it's from Second Chronicles 21, 1 through 20, the entire chapter, although we wouldn't want to be dogmatic, but during the days of Jehoram, son of King Jehoshaphat, his faithlessness was the genesis of an invasion by the Philistines and Arabians where many were taken away and carried away captive into other parts of the ancient world. Perhaps at that time, or perhaps some other godless era where the kings of Judah had gone astray and then they were uh, uh, invaded and several taken captive. So notice that the captivity extended to the Levitical class as well okay um, the, he, he starts out by talking about a heart h-a-r-t uh, so what i did yesterday in in, uh, in preparation for, for this reading something i hadn't done before is i just went up and, and googled the word heart i didn't actually use google i used another search engine and i ended up with uh, a wonderful set of uh, photographs and descriptions about what a deer is we often think of something small like a fallow deer or something but actually i'm going to tell you that the animal that is described here is th this hebrew word is sometimes used for a goat Sometimes as a deer, it always has to do with a wild animal that is out in the wilderness. And no matter how big or how small, there's one thing all of those animals have in common. And what is it? They need water. They need water. If you're a hunter, you know they need water. And you wait at the water. That's what the, the beasts of prey do. They wait where their prey will go. They know they need water. In fact... Very often, we also can watch, can't we? We know that although it is difficult and dangerous and perilous for them, they still come to water because they need it. Beloved, all of this is to help us to understand how acutely our desire ought to be for the Lord. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul, nafshi, my soul, my being panteth after thee, O God. <clears throat> now this panting, I think we ought to understand twofold in this chapter, in this psalm. It is for inward communion with God, but it is most certainly also for outward communion with God. <clears throat> you know how we know it's for uh, outward communion with God? Because he will say that he's kept from it. When shall I appear before God? That is, before the face of God, literally, in the original. When will I appear before the face of God? And so, as we have been studying in the afternoon, 
we heard public worship is to be preferred before private. What is the word of the psalmist on that here? Is he able to do private worship in his captivity? He's doing it. We're watching him do it. He's talking about it. He's advertising it. He's proclaiming it. I will say unto God. Right? Yet, does that satisfy him? No, it doesn't satisfy him. As a matter of fact, his dissatisfaction is something like a deer kept from the water brook. So this is just another uh, piece of scripture that describes for us the proper attitude, the proper love, the proper desire, the proper yearning that the people of God ought to have for public worship as well as intimate private communion with him. All right, so um, the psalmist longs for God. It is a specific longing pertaining to that temple worship. The public ordinances of his day arrest his attention. They are his focus. Notice the next interesting use. He will say, my, uh, well, uh, my soul thirsteth for God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my, <clears throat> my meat, literally lechem, bread. My tears have been my bread day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Okay, so he starts out by saying, uh, I pant, my soul pants after the water brooks like the deer pants, sorry, after the Lord like the deer pants after the water brooks, but what do I have instead? All I have are my tears to be my meat. I'm deprived of that feasting upon the Lord in public worship, and all I'm left with are my tears that have become my bread day and night. And why tears, beloved? Two reasons. Number one, because he's separated from the Lord. And number two, because of the persecution of those who have taken him captive. While they say continually to me, where is thy God? This is a daily taunt. That's what the psalmist says. Continually, literally, uh, bayom, according to the day, they say to me, where is thy God? So when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. And how does he pour out his soul? What does it mean to pour out his soul? It means he, he is bringing this before the Lord. And, and what is he bringing? For I remember going to public worship with the multitude that kept holy day. So what does he do? He comforts himself with the remembrance of it. Even if he can't have it in present acquisition, he will have it in remembrance. And that is how he will pour out his soul before the Lord. So we learn a wonderful truth about making use of the things that he can make use of, even though deprived of everything he wants. So then... I remember them uh, gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, the voice of praise with the multitude that kept holy day. And then he will ask himself this question, which he asks himself three times in this couplet of Psalms. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. This reminds me, it should remind you as well, I believe, of, of Jeremiah in in the book of Lamentations, where he will say, uh, when I call these things to mind, what things? That Jerusalem and the temple have been utterly destroyed. I have hope. I have hope. 
Why? Because it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. They are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. That's how Jeremiah puts it. How does the psalmist put it? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. That is, I know I will be restored to God's presence. For the help of his countenance. So, then we move on to section 2 in this psalm. um, Verses 6 through the end. There are geographical references. uh, The land of Jordan, the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar. Uh, Mizar means little, small. So from the height to the depth, from Jordan to the Hermonites, it's very difficult to know. Commentators have all kinds of different opinions. He might just be saying, we're scattered everywhere. Or he might be saying, uh, he, he, he might actually be referencing a place where he's crying out to the Lord. He's been carried away. But one thing is certainly true. Like no matter what size deer it is that needs water, no matter what the, ge- what, what the geography is, it is outside of the, of the holy city and the temple. He's away from that. So then, um, my soul is cast down within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. And so we do encourage ourselves, don't we? That even when we are separated by some providential hindering from the public worship of God, that we're not isolated from him. That we're not forsaken by him. The psalmist continues to call upon the Lord. If he can't have everything, he will have something. And don't we live in an age where we often are tempted to think if we can't have everything, then we have nothing at all? Right? All right, so then he will say this interesting phrase, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. This phrasing here has been hijacked by mystics. Deep calleth unto deep. Oh, my spirit's witnessing with God's spirit. Deep calls unto deep. Actually, what he means here, deep calls unto deep, is I feel like I'm at the bottom of the ocean being destroyed. All of thy waves and billows are gone over me. Deep calleth unto unto deep. This is a precursor to Jonah when he cries out to the Lord from the bottom of the sea with the seaweed wrapped around his head. Deep calleth unto deep. I'm under severe judgment here. And Lord, if you don't rescue me, if your waves and billows continually go over me like they have been, O Lord, I shall be destroyed. All because why? He's kept from the public worship of God. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. So notice how he once again encourages himself in the Lord's mercy. And he's not, uh, he's not despairing. He's not, uh, he's not rejoicing, right? He's not rejoicing because he's separated from the presence of God. But he's not despairing either. He has hope. I will say unto God my rock. Why hast thou forgotten me? Why rock? Why did the psalmist add the word rock here? What is your hope in the waters? To have a rock to stand on that will lift you up. The psalmist writes elsewhere. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I when my soul is overwhelmed. 
This is what's being spoken here. I will say to God, my rock, God is my stay in the midst of those billows that are washing over me. God is my hope in the midst of all of that difficulty. I will say to God, my rock, why hast thou forsaken me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And then notice when they speak against the Lord, the psalmist writes, it's like a sword in my bones. A sword in my bones. To hear his God mocked, to hear him mocked for the sake of the Lord, is it just strikes him to the very core. While they say unto me, where is thy God? Then notice, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And so once again we see him ending this psalm in hope. Now we come to Psalm 43. Judge me, O God, or judge for me, right? Judge for me and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Once again he makes his case unto the Lord. Deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Beloved, it's all right. It's all right to come to the Lord with the wise. Don't come in doubt. Don't come with a finger of accusation toward God. This is an honest inquiry. Lord, is there something in me? This is David saying, or like David, saying, see if there be any wicked way in me. Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? What must I learn in this affliction, in this separation from thee, O Lord? Did I not have a proper appreciation for the public worship? Is that why I have been separated from it? Had I become complacent and cold in a perfunctory performance of it? Is that why I've been separated from it? Did I not appreciate it? Did I not behold thy glory in it? Did I think of it more more as a job, as a Levite? Is that why I've been separated from it? Well, we don't know. No one should ever make such accusations against others, but ask those questions of themselves, right? Okay. So, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Not send out the cavalry. <laughs> not send out some earthly means. Not uh, you know, send out this, this hero that's going to deliver me. Instead, it's send out thy light and thy truth and let them lead me. So no matter where he is, if it's not an immediate uh, restoration Still, he's being led by God's light and by God's truth. And of course, we understand that that's talking about rightly understanding and appropriating the word of God. Thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them take me unto thy tabernacles. And then will I go unto the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp I will praise thee. Then I will be able says this Levite here, to drink like the heart drinks at the water fountain. That's the only satisfaction for my soul. 
O God, my God, why art thou... Uh, I will praise thee, O God, my God. Then why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And that's how this couplet of Psalms end. So you can see how very closely related they are. Let's stand and call upon the Lord in prayer.